Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Vessel Church podcast. Vessel is a Book of Acts church in Baton Rouge, and our mission for this podcast is to equip people to carry the name, spirit, and cross of Christ in our pursuit of Him and His kingdom. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Vessel Church podcast. My name is Taylor. My wife and I are the lead pastors of Vessel Church, and we are in part two of a podcast series that we're doing in May, uh, since it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I'm joined once again by my friend, Pastor David Martinez, all the way from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Mississippi. The Berg. The Berg. That's what they call it all around here. Yep, the Hub City, the Berg. It's a really, really cool city. Um, Megan and I love coming out here. It's got like quaint hometown vibes. Yep. And, but still like has, has some, like cool nooks and crannies, you know? Yeah, no, Hattiesburg is really, really cool. We have a couple of universities here, University of Southern Mississippi and William Carey. So it brings uh, just a lot of diversity and, and we've got a lot of, of great job uh, job markets. Anybody wants to move here? Hint, hint, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anybody want to serve? Yeah. Uh, um, but no, it's been, it's, been, it's been fantastic. Julie and I, we've been here for 10 years and, um, and man, I am a Hattiesburger. Yeah, that. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yeah, so we're actually at the office of the nonprofit that Julie is the director of. Correct. uh, The Hope Community Collective. Correct. And so just really, she talked about that in the last episode, just a little bit. And so that's where we're at right now, right in downtown Hattiesburg. Yep. So it's awesome. But we are going to get into, she had to go take care of. Of the baby. The the baby who and turned three today. 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 She, today she turns three. And so since we're in the downtown office, you may hear uh, we're close to some train tracks and we're right. There's a busy main street is right here. And so, um, so yeah, here we are. Yeah, the third man. floor of, of the alcohol. And so making it happen. I love it. It's a super cool office. I'm very jealous about it. <laughs> but we're going to zone in on this episode uh, in terms of mental health um, around the topic of anxiety. And this is something that I do believe is is prominent and becoming even more prominent, not just in church people. This is something that is is worldwide. And we even touched on it in the last episode because right. it's very much tied to the pandemic the absolute skyrocket oh my lord yeah of the amount of anxiety that people are undergoing and experiencing i'm going to be honest i never and we'll 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 have some questions around this but i never personally have had a like continuous struggle with anxiety but as a result of different aspects of the pandemic i have definitely had quite some encounters with with anxiety yeah and uh, so we're going to zone in on that. And as we start, let's just get like, what is a definition? Like what, in your opinion, as a licensed therapist, you see people all the time and help them through this. What would be your definition of anxiety? Yeah. So, you know, yes, you have your, your textbook um, psychological definition of what anxiety is. And the way that I define anxiety, um, whenever I'm sitting across from somebody that comes in and says, hey, you know what, we're struggling with anxiety. Um, This is what I typically tell them, that anxiety is one thought that comes into your mind and 
it goes around and around in your head. The more times it goes around in your head, the bigger it becomes and wow. the more out of control you feel, which in turn triggers um, more of these thoughts, which again, triggers more of the feelings um, until it gets to the point where you just feel like you are, you can't sleep, you can't concentrate, you can't work, you can't fill in the blank because of a, mm. of, of a thought. So what I tend to do is uh, I ask people, okay, where, where did that thought originate from? You know, um, and so, you know, you mentioned just a moment ago that you're not one who struggles continuously with anxiety. And for me, for me, um, I, I tend to struggle with anxiety most at night, right before I go to sleep is when I'll have intrusive thoughts come mm. in. Um, and, and, and it's not just one, Hey, just one thing all the time. It, it could be whatever. Yeah. Right? It could just be, you know, um, for example, I, I didn't make it to the hospital today to go visit, you know, so-and-so. And so all of a sudden, um, I'm laying there, you know, at night, it's, it's whatever time it is, lights are out, kids are asleep, you know, Julie's in, in bed and, and all of a sudden I get this thought in my, in my head and pardon the train. I just warned y'all about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I call the hub city. Um, and you know, I have this intrusive thought of David, you, you didn't, you didn't go to the hospital. You're, you're a terrible pastor. You're a terrible, how can you not go? You told him that you were going to go. So now yeah. I have feelings of guilt because I didn't follow through with what I said. Um, and now, uh, this intrusive thought is going over and over and over into which now leads me to, to, to think that I am a horrible person. I'm not a good enough dad. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good therapist. And so wow. like one thought leads to another, cause that's what anxiety does. Yeah. And Again, that initial thought was you didn't make it to the hospital. Yeah. Right. And so that one thought, the more times it goes around inside my head, the bigger it becomes. And so what happens now, I can't go to sleep because I'm worried about, you know, all these different things. Right. And so what I've learned to do um, whenever those thoughts come to my head is to identify, is this an intrusive thought or is this an actual thought that I can do something about, you know, and a lot of times there's nothing I can do. Again, I'm not going to get up at 1130 at night and go to the, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go pray for that baby that, that, that yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I know you're asleep, but can my I, guilt my, has brought me My here. shame has brought me. <laughs> Open up the door, right? Uh, no, so a lot of times what I do is I identify what that intrusive thought is. And so that's the first thing that if, if you're dealing with anxiety is identifying, okay, is this, is this thought normal is it, or is it an intrusive thought? Boom, it's an intrusive thought. So as I'm laying there at 1130 wow. at night, right, um, okay, um, Dave, you can't do nothing about it. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where I, where I speak out loud to myself, you know, um, because I need to get outside of my head. Wow. Because, okay. because again, anxiety is happening internally right so i have to externalize yeah you know those thoughts so uh dave there's really nothing you can do about that because it's 11 30 at night okay so once i'm able to get outside of my head and able to shine light on this intrusive thought a lot of times what happens 
is that the moment that I externalize is a moment that I feel my heart rate coming down, is a moment that I'm not hot. And like, because I get that anxiety, boy, those blankets I throw it I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what am I going to do, right? And so uh, it's a moment where body temperature lowers. Uh, it's a moment where I'm not dealing with, oh my God, like what this is, I, I, I didn't do this. Yeah. You know? And so you got to identify where that thought is. And so if you are driving in a vehicle, if you're at work, uh, one thing that you can do to externalize some thoughts is to either do what I did or I do sometimes, and that is just say, Dave, there's nothing that you can do about this right now. Or you could talk to a friend um, and say, hey, you know, I'm just I'm having a lot of um, uh, anxious feelings around, you know, whatever it is. Or you could simply journal, um, write it down. The point is to externalize, to take what's in here inside your brain, inside your emotions, and take them out here so that you can either hear them from your own voice or you can uh, see them as you write down those thoughts. Does that make sense? No, it, make, it makes sense. The thing that I'm like, is kind of reeling through my mind is the fact that you call it an intrusive thought, which almost makes it sound like that thought like has a life of its own. What causes in those intrusive thoughts? Like what, like what makes it to where it's something that it's almost like, okay, talking about that train, it's like your train of thought. Like, and it sounds like there's something like trying to come in and like knock that train off the tracks, like that intrusive thought. Like what is, where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question. And again, so I'll, I'll, I'll link that back to that example that I gave of, you know, maybe I had told. Uh, so and so that I was going to go to the hospital and pray for them, you know, and then just the way the schedule fell with the day, you know, picking up kids, doing here, doing that, um, seeing this person prepping for, you know, Sunday sermon, whatever it is, right? A plethora of things. I didn't get to the hospital. Yeah. So the intrusive thought came as I'm laying in bed replaying, because that's what I typically do. I kind of go through my day. What did I do? Okay, I did X, I did da, da. Oh my God, I didn't go to the hospital. Gotcha. Boom. So all of a sudden, I get anxiety over that. And then that's where a lot of these other thoughts come in of you're you're terrible, you're not good enough, yeah. you're X, Y, Z. So it's impending your identity based upon like what you feel is your responsibility of yeah. like as a pastor. Right. And so then that's just kind of falls apart bit by bit. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. And so going back to that intrusive, using that word, it's like if somebody were to bust into this office, like, hey, you don't belong here. Like, what what, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. And so what happens a lot of times with intrusive thoughts is that if somebody were busting into this office with intrusive thoughts, if people don't know how to identify that, we allow for that intruder to stay. Wow. And then that intruder brings his friends, that intruder, like, sets up camp, and now we're like, bro, like, you... We know that that intruder doesn't belong, but yet because we didn't identify and kick him out, now he set up camp. Does that make sense? Yeah. So same thing with intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts come in. We don't do anything about it. We don't identify it. We don't externalize it. And so what happens is that it causes other emotions and feelings um, to come to us. And all we do is, or what we could have done was simply externalize Mm what that thought was and identify that as an intrusive thought. And 
whenever you talk about where did this thought come from, where did it originate? That's what you're calling like the identification, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Dude, that's like, I've, I've never heard it explained that way. So my mind is like kind of melting right now, but that's, that's such a great way to even just like clarify. And then secondly, I've heard people refer to anxiety as my anxiety. Yeah. Right. Bro. Like why? It's yeah. an intr it's an intrusive thought that came in. Wow. Why are you going to identify yourself with an intruder? Like if somebody were to come into my house, this isn't our house. This is <laughs> Bro, this ain't your house. You better get up out of here. Like, yeah. You're and you're you're fooled into thinking this is a roommate. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> is my like roommate John. Bro, John better get up out of here. <laughs> Like, no, wow. like, wow. and so, and so it's, it's like, for example, and not to make light of, um, sicknesses, cause I have dear friends that are struggling, Yeah, but yeah. people don't call cancer my cancer. Wow. People don't call arthritis. Oh, this is my arthritis that are my diet or my heart condition. No, they call it a, this is a heart condition that I have. Right. And I'm taking medication, you know, to, to, to fix it. Yeah. And so this idea that people can say. Oh, this is this is oh, this is my anxiety stepping up. No, that's an intrusive thought. That's an intrusive thought. Wow, it's an intrusive thought that's making me feel a certain way. Yeah, and so you, now, if you want to have that, that go for it. Like that's all you. If, if if you like to be nervous, if you like to, you know, have that pit in your stomach, if you like to like feel that chest pain it, because it's your anxiety. Hey, that's all you, babe. Like you do that. I'm not gonna. <laughs> no, sir. You're an intrusive. Thought you better get somewhere. <laughs> I'm done with you. Like, you know, like nah. What do you think causes for people to allow the intrusive thought to hang out so much to where they end up becoming almost, almost like comfortable with it? And not, whenever I say comfortable, I just like, I mean, like they're not uncomfortable, uncomfortable enough to cause it to leave. Yeah. But like, is it, is it something where maybe they just don't understand the me mechanics of it or like what, what brings people to the place of not being able to identify and externalize Yeah, and causes them to almost like become not buddy, buddy, but just fine with the intrusive thought being yeah. there. Yeah. I think what it is, um, is that people like to point a finger at something. And say, if I can say that it's my anxiety and not say, um, identify it as something else as trauma, it's easier to say it's my anxiety rather than to say, man, I'm dealing with some trauma mm -hmm. and the trauma is triggering this. Mm. Right. Um, because we, we, we like to, we like to identify, we like to point our finger and say, it's, it's you, it's this, it's that. Because if we could kind of like the previous conversation that we had, we can say, oh, this is just my eight talking. Yeah. Or this is just, you know, this is the way I am. Well, no. I mean, again, if you're comfortable with living that way, then go for it. Like, I tell people that all the time that come see me. Like, you look, you don't have to take this advice. And if you want to continue living um, this way, shoot, you do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know? And so I think what it is is that people just become um, comfortable with, with, with living with that with John the intruder, mm -hmm. you know, now instead of John the intruder, now it's John the roommate, right? And 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 because to to kick John out is going to require a lot more work mm -hmm. than 
allowing him to just live and cohabitate with me. Now they got squatters rights. Exactly. Dude, that's wild. That's, that's legit wild to, to consider. Um, and I want to ask more about it in a moment. Sure. I feel like sometimes people will call nervousness anxiety. Um, whenever, no, like we, we were talking before recording and sometimes I, I, I'll, I'll hear, hear people talk about, oh my God, I had so much, so much anxiety, but they're also talking about, you know, they're about to give, you know, their final exam presentation. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'm not saying that like they didn't have anxiety, but I believe it was probably more nerves, which is like, it's understandable that may have like been the onset of some anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever, but like what, what would you say is like the big difference between the two of those, like identifying if this is like, like, no, I'm, I'm nervous and I have a legitimate reason to be nervous or no, this is, this is anxiety and, and it's, and it's, and it's heavy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just going back off of what you just said a moment ago, you know, if you're, if you're about to, you know, give a, a final exam presentation, if you're about to start a new job, you're, it's, it's nerves mm-hmm. again, and you got that pit in your stomach. That's understandable. We all, we all get that. And I think that we all, we all, um, have, have traces of, of anxiety. You know, um, I would say that for our ancestors that, that had to kill their, their, their animals to eat, you know, like they became hyper aware, uh, if we're talking about, you know, people, where, where you know that lived amongst um, animals that were that could kill you like you're gonna you're gonna be aware and yeah. there's gonna be somewhat of some anxiety there to know that I'm gonna go out have to kill a deer and there may also be a bear like trying to hunt the same deer yeah right and so so I think that 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 you know anxiety is just part of 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 who we are as human beings. But going back to your question about nervousness and anxiety, um, again, all of us have been touched by nervousness. Whether again, starting a new job, going to a new city, um, we, 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 it's it's the unknown and something that that is that is, I guess you can say, um, important to understand. See where I wrote this. Uh, I, I wrote something here a moment ago that that both optimism and anxiety require us to imagine something that hasn't happened yet and if we have the ability to worry about the future it also means that we have the ability to imagine a better one wow whoa and so we could be nervous and have optimism wow or we could be nervous and that can convert to anxiety dude that's that's crazy because you hear so much. I at least some I my wife and I we do, you know, wedding photo and video and so we kind of like our our job requires us to be in this creative space and I just know that like I rub shoulders with a lot of people that are creative in different capacities. Mm-hmm. And dude, it does seem that anxiety just kind of like dwells in that in that group, but I never thought about how it's because of like that creative mind it can help them to make something so beautiful but then that creative mind whenever it's unhealthy can create a very 
dark oh, man. version of what it is that they're going through. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So among creatives, like anxiety is like really high because you're looking in the future, looking to something that's not there yet. Wow. Yeah. Right. And so again, man, that. Dude, I'm I'm going to take a sip. I'm legit like blo- I'm I'm blown away. Like, dude, this is rocking my world right now. You're like, I need therapy. <laughs> this is therapeutic for me. <laughs> I'm learning so much. <laughs> um, the thing is, is that you know, all of us, we we have dopamine in that's releasing our brain. Yeah, right? and dopamine is simply. Uh, let's just do a quick a quick um, a quick test of this. Okay, whether you're able to do this or not, and. Taylor, I know that you're sitting next or able to look out this window. Yeah. So when I tell you to, and when I tell you to, if you're able to, if you're driving, don't do this. Like <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're driving, don't do this. But if you're, if you're able to, if you're near a window, I just want you to look up to the sky. Look, go ahead. Look, look, up, look up to the sky. Okay. Okay. So what, what do you see? Right now, just, just a blank sky. A blank sky. Right. And so, and so if you, as you look into the sky, what's happening is dopamine is being released at a higher rate in your brain because you're imagining all those things that could be. Dude, yeah. Well, right? Because I was, I, I saw like airplanes in the sky. There you go. For like, no, like there's not an airplane coming. Yeah, by. yeah, yeah. Is there? Let me see. Let me no, let me do it. <laughs> okay, now here's, no, here's another example. I want you to um, look down at the table. Okay. So what you're seeing here are things that are concrete. Yeah. Things that are stationary, which mean that right now dopamine isn't being released at, at, at a higher rate than it was a second ago. Yeah. Because you're looking at things that are already stable. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so whenever, whenever, Dude. whenever we look up, it doesn't matter if you're creative or not. Dopamine is being released, which drives us to dream, which drives us to have optimism, which also drives us to have anxiety. Wow. Okay. And so dopamine is what's released whenever a drug addict or, or, or a person that, 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 that uses illegal substance on a constant basis, dopamine is released uh, more quickly and in a lot... In a lot um, and a lot more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, more quickly and in more and more capacity. So let's just mm. say, for example, as you were looking out the window and those that are looking at us are seeing this or listening, as you look at the window, let's just say, just use easy numbers, you had about a thousand spurts of dopamine releasing your brain per second as you looked out the window because you're dreaming, right? As you look down, let's just again, just using easy numbers, we'll just say that you had about about 35 spurts of dopamine released per second as you were looking down because things were stationary. Again, as you're looking up, you're dreaming. Dopamine's been released. So for people that use illegal substances, what happens is, and the reason why I become addicted is because looking out the window, it, you have 100 spurts of dopamine released per second for that person, and that number jumps up to like 1,000. Hmm. So they're constantly on this high mm-hmm. so when you were looking out the window what you're experiencing is a is a trace just a trace of feeling high mm. because you're dreaming mm-hmm. and so drugs they release that on such a higher wow. level which causes people to sell whatever they have 
and to pursue that high over and over and over and over again because they're looking for that release of dopamine in their brain. Man. Which causes people to have affairs because they're chasing a high. Because, because once they find that person and they cheat on their spouse, dopamine automatically drops. That's why athletes that are performing at such a high level perform that way because dopamine is being released. Boom, boom, boom. Like, and you look at professional athletes that are, don't play professional athletes, that are not in that anymore. Um, they just, they just, a lot of them, not, not everyone, a lot of, a lot of athletes, they just go off to the wayside because now that dopamine is not being released. Yeah. So going back to that question that you asked a moment ago, though, um, about the difference between being um, anxiety or nervous, anxiety is, is having optimism. Or let's put it like this. Anxiety is having faith in the wrong thing. Hmm. And so what I mean by that is your faith is based in fear and your faith is not based in the fact that, and we're going to use a biblical term here. Your faith is not based in the fact that God works all things together Yeah, for the good of them that love him and seek him. Yeah. Your faith is, 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 is in something that is causing you to have heart palpitations and causing you to, you know, like me at night, get hot and throw those covers off, you know, because I didn't go pray for somebody. So nervousness is, man, I'm about to give a speech. I'm about to shoot a podcast. I'm about to, you know, get a new job. Ooh, hopefully I do well. Anxiety is intrusive thoughts. That's telling you that you're going to fail, that you're worthless, that, you know, um, look who's going to choose you, who's going to pick you. And so, and, and it becomes... It becomes um, more, you have a physiological reaction yeah. to what's happening psychologically. Does that make sense? No, it, it, honestly, bro, it makes it makes total sense. And I, I pray, I'm legit, I pray that anybody that listens like feels legit as enlightened as I feel right now. Because I, I do feel like that helped bring so much clarity in terms of like the, the way that anxiety works. Mm -hmm. Um, and so on that, like I, like I mentioned, I, I personally don't really like have this, uh, constant struggle with anxiety. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely, especially with church planning, church planning in the midst of a pandemic, dude, I have, I've had bouts of it. Yeah, absolutely. And even talking to Megan about it, uh, cause, cause Megan, Megan does, you know, she's, she tends to be a little bit more prone to it. Uh, anxiety that is. Um, and as I was explaining to her one day, like I didn't really know what was going on. And later on I was able to finally like take what was going on in my mind and articulate it. Yeah. She was like, that's anxiety. <laughs> that is what they take that yeah. like now like that's that's kind of what i go through yeah uh, just a little bit more regularly and i did like i had that moment i'm like man are you serious like that's that's what that is yeah. and so i've i've been on this journey of wanting to make sure that whenever i communicate with people that struggle with anxiety 
just because I don't necessarily face it on a regular basis. I'm not like ignorant or oblivious enough to just write it off. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what are, what are like the best ways to comfort or help someone that might be like in the midst of, of going through anxiety or like that, you know, has a proclivity toward it to know how to handle it whenever they do feel that anxiety overtaking them. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things that, that you could do. I think there's practical things that even if a person that's listening to this right now can, can do even right now. And so, um, so you're, you're my guinea pig today. So you looked out the window. Perfect. Yeah. Right. And so you don't have to do it anymore, but okay. I'm looking back out the <laughs> yeah, window. Yeah, no, I saw you. That's, I was like, like, don't look out the window again. Uh, look right here. Look at focus. <laughs> and so here's, here, here's what we're going to do. And um, so you asked, you know, what, what can a person do to comfort? Um, so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And this is for the listener as well. To close your eyes. Unless you're driving. Unless you're driving. That's right. Don't dr- If you're driving, do not close your eyes. If you're like active in some sort of way, like on a treadmill. Yeah, I just... know. They're going to be closing their eyes and falling. Boom. <laughs> and they break their arm. I did this because he said that. Okay. If you're doing something active, yeah. if you're able to, how about that? If you're okay. able to. So close your eyes. All right. And I want you to take a quick scan of your body. Top of your head, your ears, your eyes, your head your chest, your arms, your stomach, your legs. What emotion are you feeling the strongest at the moment? Are you asking me? Like legit, do I tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, just because we're in the midst of this podcast and you just blew my mind, a lot like I feel excitement okay okay so identify where in your body you feel that excitement so do you feel it in your chest you feel it in your abdomen do you feel like in almost like in your brain yeah 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 definitely like in the mind area in the mind yeah okay okay cool so you're 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 in touch with what you're feeling mm-hmm. you're in touch because you are a creative and as a pastor as well you're like oh my god uh, how can I apply this and so you can open up your eyes okay those are two easy ways two very very easy ways to have to help someone say hey you feel the anxious okay close your eyes what emotion are you feeling are you feeling fear you said excitement right um and i don't have it with me i don't have it memorized because it's, it's a lot but there is um and used in therapy an emotion wheel that you know that that identifies some of the major emotions okay and then it kind of breaks it down even further of what those emotions are is that is that like available like could you shoot me a link to put that yeah yeah i could do that i'll put that in the notes of the podcast i could definitely do that that'd be helpful um but as a person is dealing with with anxiety okay what you're dealing with okay is it fear that you're dealing with okay where are you feeling that fear at um in my stomach okay why why are you feeling that? And so that's another question I didn't ask you. Um, but if you don't mind sharing, like, why are you feeling excitement in your brain? Yeah. Well, and it, it was it was just because of like, like I I mean I feel like this podcast I, I'm I'm legit thinking about the conversation that we had 
not only just with you and Julie, but then just now, like, bro, like I'm, I'm excited to understand anxiety a little bit more because I feel like that's going to help me so much, um, mm-hmm. uh, just in like my own life personally, you know, with people as a pastor. And so that did, like, that got me like, bro, I'm like amped right now. <laughs> I, maybe I've been staring at the sky too much. I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, so this is a perfect example of for the listener to really unpack what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So you're excited because, man, I'm, this is like opening up a new chapter for me. Again, that's that dopamine that's being released. Yeah, you know? yeah. I felt it. Um, and so, so this is a perfect example of whenever you or someone else is dealing with this anxiety. Like this, this excites, like doing this excites us. I feel like I'm, I'm amped up too. Yeah. Um, it, it, you, now you're able to see, okay, this is how it's done on a practical level. Yeah. I'm feeling this excitement. I'm feeling this emotion. I'm feeling it in my head because, and then you externalized. Mm-hmm. That That's basically what we're doing. And so again, going back to, to uh, that both optimism and anxiety thing, right? You're, you're not dealing with anxiety right now. What you're dealing with is optimism. Yeah. Right? And because um, you're, you're, you're imagining a, a better future, whereas anxiety worries about the future, mm. right? And, but, but again, the thing is, is that, like I said, optimism and anxiety is, is imagining something that's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Or something that's going to happen in a little bit. Does that make sense? No, it, it 100% makes sense. And so, so if you're feeling, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to ask like, well, you, you go ahead. If you're feeling what? If you're feeling, uh, if you're feeling anxious, you know, there, there, there are some, some grounding techniques and, um, I, I could probably put this like in a, in a, some type of format and, and you could probably put this in the link as well. Um, I would say it use, use a rule of five, five, four, three, two, one. So number five is you look around the room. And you name five things that you can see. And so, I mean, I'm feeling anxious. Oh, my God, what's happening? Okay, I see a microphone. I see a cup. I see a plant. I see a camera. And I see a clock, right? Boom. So I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm looking at something around me to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. Right? Then four things that I can hear, right? I'm hearing vehicle. I'm hearing your voice. I'm hearing the chair squeak. And I'm hearing... Um, what else are you hearing? Tapping. Tapping. Thank you. <laughs> got you. You got me. Three things that you can feel. I can feel the chair. I can feel the headphones. I can feel my clothes. Yeah. Right? Two things that I can smell. I can smell my cologne. I can smell the coffee. Right? And then one thing that I can taste. Yeah. And what I can taste is, is the after effect of coffee mm-hmm. in my mouth. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... And what what that does though is it allows you to to be grounded, yeah. And it allows your mind to come back to where you're at, yeah, right. Um, and so and so when it comes back to intrusive thoughts, another thing that you can do as well is just is just identify that this thought is an intrusive thought, mm-hmm. and this, this this anxiety is an intrusive thought, and it is. I'm I'm, I'm calling it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it for what do we call the intrusive thought? Was it Joe? It was um, John. John. It's John. John, get out of my house. Yeah. John, you don't belong here. Dude, 
Dude, that's so helpful. Wow. And that as like, okay, so let's say I'm, I'm with Megan and she's expressing like different thoughts that's going through her head. Because mm-hmm. um, I'll be straight up in our first couple of years of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I've apologized to her about this. Like I was so bad because like it, it really like, I don't know if it, I, I, now that I've gone through therapy, thanks mm-hmm. to you, it is very much coping mechanism where I just like power through. Like that's just kind of my, I'm, like anytime I feel any kind of way, I just suppress and just like keep plowing. Um, or I, I have done that in the past rather. And so our first couple of years of marriage, like she would express different things that she was anxious about. And I would be like, well, you just, okay. Get over it. Get over it. Like legit. I mean, that was like kind of like, all right, well, that's not how things are going to be. That's not how things are. So mm-hmm. we'll just like, just get that out of your head. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I've repented basically to her of that, but even now, sometimes like I, I'm, I'm trying to do better, but whenever she's expressing those things to me, um, what are, what are things that I can do to like not be dismissive, but also not allow her to live in that yeah. and sit in it, but, but help her up out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that Julie and I have learned to do, um, because, you know, again, I'm, I'm a pastor and I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly looking for solutions yeah. you know, for, for whatever it is. And so Julie's learned to tell me, I need you to hear me. And I don't need you to like fix this. Yeah. Like, I need my husband. I don't need my therapist or I don't right. need the pastor. Like, I just need to hear me. I mean, there's sometimes where I ask her and I'm like, Hey, do you want me to hear you? Or do you want me to try to find a solution? There's sometimes where I come up and ask her. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's probably been a key mm. to, to us having just a healthy, open and honest relationship conversation in that, um, you know, she'll tell me, Hey, I just need you to listen to me. And I think that I, I know that uh, in, 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 in the first uh, podcast that, that Julie was that part of, she said communication mm-hmm. was, was, was extremely key. And I think it is. And I'll add to that, that communication is also being able to hear. Yeah. You know, hearing what, what in this sense, what, what Megan is saying and helping her unpack, well, how does that make you feel? You know, mm. so if, if I'm trying to come up with an example, but I, I, I can't off the top of my head, but if she's, if she's expressing, or even if, if, if you're listening and watching this podcast, if you're expressing anxiety to somebody, um, you know, being able to share, Hey, I need you to listen to me real quick. I need you to hear me. Um, and then a good way to indicate that you're listening and I'll use you as an example, Taylor that you're listening to Megan is to simply not parrot back to, to, uh, to Megan, but just kind of paraphrase. So what I'm understanding you to say is blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Because now you are hearing and you're interpreting what she's saying. Yeah. And if there is any miscommunication, um, well, or maybe you, you, you again, heard something that she didn't say, at that moment, she can, quote unquote, fix that and say, no, what I meant to say was, and then 
say what she's feeling. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I guess that honestly is like a fault of mine for sure. Where like, I don't want her to have to stay in, in, in those thoughts. But like, I just going back to just her being able to externalize it mm-hmm. just might be enough. Yeah. And it's not that, Oh, well, it doesn't need necessarily fixing. Right. It's just the fact that she's being able to externalize it to you. Right. And then is able to hear it back. Yeah. But like in, in how I'm understanding right. it and that in itself is the solution. Right. 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 And it doesn't really require you to like have to help her, but she's able to hear it. And then maybe it does that internal work of like, Oh wait, no, like, no, it's not, that's not really. Yeah. That's not really true. So going back to like that first example that I gave of laying in bed, not going to the hospital at 1140 at night. Well, Dave, can you go to the hospital now? Well, no, I can't. So what I'm doing is I'm externalizing and I'm having a conversation with self. Yeah. And, you know, basically repeating back to myself. Right. That, no, like that's, that's ridiculous. Like you can't do that. Yeah. Like, wow. You, you can go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So again, so what I, what I just shared with you, you can also do it like with self. Yeah. You could, because, because what's happening is that you're externalizing. And that's a lot of times the first, the first step of like, really gaining some some insight and so if in megan you repeat back well she can hear what she said and then the thought is like well that that doesn't make sense that's not true you know again the thought could be that i am worthless that i am you know i'm i'm you know all that i do is is just stupid it's in vain um so you could repeat repeat back and say so megan what you're saying is you know starting this church is stupid you know Loving people is, is worthless, you know, going through all these different things. Is that what you're saying? That's what I said, but that's not true. Yeah. No, that's not true. Okay, well, let's work through that. Oh, I just had this intrusive thought. And now that it's been identified yeah. and externalized, well, no, you are worth something. That what you're doing is worthwhile, you know, that yeah. people yeah. people do love you. You love people. So... But again, if, if, if it stays in our head, again, what happens going back to that example or that definition of what anxiety is, it's that, 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 that thought that goes around and around and around in our head until it can't go anymore until we feel completely Legit, like a, just a massive mental snowball effect yeah. of just growing larger and larger. Yeah. Wow. Dude, um, man, this has been so helpful for me uh, personally. Like even if this was just to help me. <laughs> I, I pray to God that somebody listening has, has been um, edified with, with this understanding because it is it, the way that you framed it. I've, I've never really looked at anxiety in this, in that scope. And so I, I do, I do appreciate that perspective and that lens. Um, and you've mentioned so many ways that even people that might struggle with anxiety can help themselves with like the body and emotional scan um, even so, maybe sometimes just just looking up, like I mean, you just looking up, like right now. I mean, I'm like, dude, like everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, you know, like every little thing. Yeah, and then the uh, the grounding technique. Yeah, and then just being able to externalize that, have that conversation. Um, yeah. is there any other way though that like, or any other thing that you'd want to hit on before we end the conversation? speaking to anybody that might struggle with anxiety yeah yeah well here's the thing here's what i do know is that we we repeat what we don't repair wow Mm. and so 
So whether that's that's a family pattern, is that what's causing anxiety? Is it a toxic relationship? Is it um, an unhealthy use of some type of, of medicator, you know, something that you self-medicate, you know? Um, because without a conscious repair, you're simply going to repeat the cycle. You're, you're going you're gonna to be stuck in that over and over again. And here's the thing, and I think Julie said this in, in the first session, is that, that healing isn't linear. It's going to take a while. It's going to be a process. Mm. And so when you identify or you start to identify with the therapist, um, the psychologist, maybe, maybe, you know, some medication is what you need. You know, um, I tell people all the time that, you know, if your depression is, is, is bad enough and if your anxiety is, is bad enough, maybe what we need to begin is, is getting on some medications to level out those emotions and then we'll start the process of, of therapy, you know? And so my, my thing is, is, you know, find a, find a therapist that, um, that somewhat aligns to your values, you know, um, and and just begin just begin that healing process in your life. Re, don't don't repeat uh, that that cycle because again, you repeat what you don't repair. And so, if 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 you want to get um, some help, ask for help. Yeah, like I said at the very first session, um, a lot of times. The, the first and the scariest step is having a conversation. That first is one. A, is asking for help. That's right. Wow. Dude, this was awesome. Uh, man, I'm so excited about this. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Pastor you for David. It. Dude, this is, this is incredible. Uh, our prayer is that this really did help whoever is listening, whoever's watching, uh, to be able to understand anxiety a little bit more yeah. and then understand how, how to, how to, combat it how to not live in your head and externalize it and uh know that that's those thoughts and like tell john to get out bro get out get out john's the worst dude i'm telling you i can't stand john <laughs> about to punch john about to punch that joker man thank you so much pastor david for sure we thank love you guys you and julie pray that this is a blessing to somebody listening watching uh, make sure to check out, if you haven't already, our last episode with David and Julie both. That was a great conversation about mental health awareness in general. But we love you guys so much. Catch you next time. Yes, sir. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us in the Vessel Church podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also check us out on our Instagram at VesselChurchBR. And then make sure to check us out also on our website at VesselChurchBR.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And always be a vessel.